All right, I've had this message probably stirring probably for over a year. Um, and it's on worship, actually, uh, which was actually great. These words were awesome today. I, I hope you paid attention to the words. Man, they stir you inside if you let worship do what it's intended to do. Do I sound weird? I feel like I'm in a phone booth. Oh, yeah. You don't know what a phone booth David, do you know what a phone booth is? Well, I've never heard of it. Um, feel like I'm in a cave. Who knows what a phone booth is? Okay. There, all right. Anyway, okay, maybe I'm getting better. Okay, all right. So this morning is going to be um, probably maybe instruction to some of you that are just learning the things of God. And to the rest of us that have been walking this walk for a while, maybe a reminder or a rebooting of what's happening with, with worship and what should be. Now, you understand that this book is not a book of suggestions. I mean, it's just not. I think we look at it like that, especially in our country, uh, but it's not a book of suggestions. It's not. You and I are spiritual beings. We are spiritual beings, not physical beings. We look at it the other way more, I think, than we do the true way. We are spiritual beings. Our spirit is housed in this body. And this body is getting old and it will die one day, but my spirit will go right back to God, lives forever. That which makes me me is the spirit of God inside of me. That which you see is just the house that I'm living in. So this book is a spiritual book, not a physical book. It's not. It's a spiritual book. It is written and has instructions all through it. It's instructing me how to take care of my spirit, my well-being, my life while I'm housed in this. This book is not of this world. It isn't. I don't know if we understand that sometimes because I know us, people, flesh. Sometimes something is real important and it's ho-hum not that long down the road. Ignore this book. Give no mind to it, and you will become spiritually sick and eventually spiritually die. Listen to it, obey it, and you will walk in the presence of God and in the light of the Word of God all the days of your life. That's just what this Word says. Romans 8, 6 tells us, for to be carnally or naturally minded is death. To take what I'm giving to you now, naturally, in the physical, it's death to you. It'll mean nothing. Unmoving, unstirring. It'll do nothing for you. To be carnally or naturally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So you have to decide what you're going to get this morning. Not me. I'm just bringing it. You have to decide. Now... Rod brought something out about three weeks ago that was absolutely, I just loved it and told him immediately, send that to me. And it was talking about worship. Do you remember what he said? I mean, Rod doesn't say a whole lot up there, but this was powerful. And he was talking about, uh, there's a scripture in Isaiah that talks about the garment of praise. Put on the garment of praise. That's something you're supposed to do. For the spirit of heaviness, you don't, you will stay under the spirit of heaviness. You put on that garment of praise that we just went through, and that will lift. And you will walk in the light and the presence of Almighty God. That heaviness means dull or dim. It means, listen to this, colorless. 
No life, colorless, gray, blah. My son that lives in Miami gets sun all the time, and he just calls and asks me, how is it? And I say, gray. Yeah. I mean, I could be right even if I didn't look out 250 times of the year, right? It's pretty much just gray all the time. And God is saying, that's how your life is, unless you put on the garment of praise. Now, remember what he wrote, uh, or what he read? It says this. I, Isaiah talks about the uh, worship works like a coat. He says, when you put on a coat, it's cold outside, it's raining, it's snowing. Does the coat change the weather of the day? It doesn't, right? It's still cold and raining and snowing. It says, doesn't change anything about the weather. What does it change? It changes you in the weather, right? You can go out there in a wind, cold rain without a coat on, or you could go on with a coat. It is a difference, right? And that coat is the garment of praise is what he's talking about. It says, so worship is the way you clothe yourself for a discouraging world. Look at me. Is our world discouraging? Absolutely. Did you put your coat on? He says, so this is the way we ought to focus. You push aside the things that worry you and discourage you, and you lift up who Jesus is. This is spiritual food. Turn your natural mind off. Makes no sense to the natural mind. I'm telling you and speaking to you as spiritual because that's what you are. That which I'm looking at, no matter how old you are, is dying. I had cool black hair. I could run and jump and jump off this thing. I could skip up the steps. Well, now I can't. Okay? But that spirit inside of me is still vibrant, still alive, and it's going to go back to God. This will fade away. It is. It is. It's fading away. So worship inside of you puts him back on the throne of your life. And you say, you are my king. I'm following you. I believe that you are sovereignty and control of all this, even if I don't know what's going on. Amen. So I choose to worship. That's that garment of praise. Really, it is. And I don't say this to be funny. That wasn't the message. Although it's pretty good. That come out better than I thought. It's the truth. So here's the purpose of worship. Jesus says, now you should sit up straight when you hear that, right? Jesus says in John 4, 23, 24, it says, but the hour is coming, listen, and now is. It means it's now. And now is when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Listen to this. For the Father is seeking such right now. Walking through the pews of this church, he's seeking such that will worship him in spirit and in truth. That's what it says, to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. That's what it says. This word here where God said he's seeking such, it means Lord is seeking uh, in other words, seeking to find someone who's truly worshiping him in spirit and truth. That's pretty sad if you've got to seek hard to find somebody. So it doesn't say you can worship God any way you want. It says you must worship him in spirit and in truth. The word must makes it an absolute. There's no other way we can worship God and be accepted by him. It's his rules. 
His book. Amen? All right, so we must, according to, well, Webster, according to Webster, means an obligation, a requirement, a necessity, a certain. It's something that must be done, and only you can do it. So when must is used, it means you don't have an option, and you can't buffalo God. He knows more than you. So worship should cause us to reflect on the majesty of our Lord and compare it to our own shortcomings. I mean, when you think about yourself, doesn't it make you want to worship God more? Why, you would save me. I'm so glad you did. Gosh. So our singing, our praying, studying his word, uh, giving communion are all designed by God to bring us closer to him because your focus has to be on him. Through all this, it should be your singing and your studying of his word should bring you closer. And we know that James 4, 8 tells us, draw near to God and he'll draw nigh to you. So all these spiritual activities that God gives us in this book that's not from this world is to draw us closer to him if you do it. So it has no sense to the natural person. I'm looking at houses that you live in. Okay. Now, Psalms 137 records the mourning and moaning of the captives uh, of Israel when they were in captivity. It does, okay? So here we go. And I can relate, and I bet, I bet you can too now. Listen as we unfold this. It says, By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down, yes, we wept when we remembered Zion, when we remembered our country. I have wept over our country now when I've remembered it. And I, all of you should. I mean, all of you now can remember and seeing the unbelievable change that has happened to our nation. And it grieves you and it makes you weep when you see it now. When I go down... Um, Seventy, I think it is, you get off of that big flag. I look at that flag and almost weep all the time. That huge American flag. So they did too. The Jews were weeping over the death of so many of their loved ones. They wept over the loss of almost everything they owned. They're going into captivity. They wept over the destruction of city, uh, Jerusalem, their beloved city. And I too can relate to that. I weep over the loss of our great blessed country that we no longer have. And I don't think it's coming back outside of a full-blown revival from God. I weep over the bleakness of our future. I do. I really do. I weep over the sin that has invited such judgment of God on our nation. So we can relate, can you not? I mean, unless you're sticking your head like an ostrich in the sand and pretending everything's going to be all right. You have to get a witness to what I'm saying. I told you before, I'll tell you again, my office is my dad's picture of World War II. And I tell him, Dad, you, you wouldn't believe our nation. What you fought for, Dad, you wouldn't believe it if you were alive now. So what they did in verse 2 was, after all this is happening and all this weeping, they hung their harps up upon the willows in the midst thereof. Harp, an instrument of worship and praise and glorifying and magnifying God. They were like, what's the use? 
and they hung up their harps. Now, you and I don't understand the power of worship. We don't, or you'd have been ready and pumped for today. I mean, it's, it's not a put down, it's just us, it's people, Americans, folks, selfies. That's just us. We are. It's what's happened to us. We don't understand the power of worship, but the enemy does. He truly does. The last thing the enemy wants is for you to uh, be stirred and singing and shouting out to God, getting pumped up in God. It's the last thing he wants. That's the last thing any coach wants of a big game, which is today, right? They hold the big game in a neutral site, so there's supposed to be no what? No hometown, no home field advantage, right? So first thing you want to do, we've got to get the crowd out of the game because the crowd will take an inferior team and just kind of lift them up and they can beat the champs. And so sometimes in the whole stadium, 50, 60,000 people like uh, the Chiefs will be playing and they'll be swinging those, uh, I don't forget the thing they do, but they swing those axes and it's just like it does something to the team. So the other guys are saying, we've got to take that out of here. First thing, we've got to get that out of here. We can't have that crowd get that, because it does something. It does something to us in the Word of God. God knows that. That's why it's all through the Word. Man didn't figure that out. God put that in there, the worship. Here's what it says, Psalms 22, 3 says, But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. You want God in your life? Worship Him and praise Him. Not just sing, worship, and praise Almighty God. Praise means to commend, to magnify. Magnify the Lord in your life. And I know that you don't want to at times. But so what? For the Christian praise is an expression of worship, lifting up and glorifying the Lord. It has nothing to do with you're going through what's going on. It's just what it is. It's what who he is. It's an expression of humbling yourself, listen, and centering your attention on Almighty God and not yourself. Upon the Lord with a heartfelt expression of love and thanksgiving to God. It's probably more difficult for us men, but it is as important for us to do it as ladies. Listen, I believe high praise brings our spirit our spirit into the high point of fellowship with the intimacy of God. God comes down, and we go up in praise, and who knows what can happen. This is a supernatural place. You are supernatural beings. This book is not from this world. You should be expecting things going on in here. So praise and worship transports us into a realm of the supernatural and into the power of God. Something happens. It really can and should. And in, in the overall atmosphere, I'm not sure where we are with worship in this church. I try to take the pulse of our church just like a doctor. As soon as you walk in, slap down, pull your sleeve up, pump. I'm going to see how good you're dead or alive. Same here. Listen, Psalms 89, 15 says, listen, the word, this is the word of God. Blessed is the people that know the joyful sound. 
They shall walk, O Lord, in the light of thy countenance. Now listen to this. That joyful sound means a shout or a war cry for God. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you for saving me. That seems to be missing in most of us. On a whole, the church has lost its war cry. The last thing they want is the enemy want you to wave it. Get that team going on and everybody's waving that tomahawk, making that chant. You watch it. It'll be on there today, tonight. Grown men who are too cool for worship will have their big old beer bellies hung out, painted red for their team. So don't tell me you can't get pumped and you can't concentrate. No, we're talking about Almighty God. We're not talking about Kansas City Chiefs. Listen, same verse in New Living. Psalms 89, 15 says those. Happy are those who hear the joyful call to worship. Not sitting there like most of us going, here. God says, it's happy are those who hear the joyful call to worship. Listen, why? For they will walk in the light of your presence. You need some light in your situation? You need some light in your circumstances and your dealings with your sons, grandsons, marriages, whatever, anything, work, bills, finances, car. You need some light. Well, the word that's not from this earth tells us to worship Almighty God and you will walk in the light of his presence. I don't know how he'll do it. I'm not the one to figure that out, but he said he'll do it. That's why he says, I will inhabit the praises of Israel. You're supposed to be a spiritual Israel. If you are in Christ, if you truly love the Lord, if you don't, you've got your natural thinking. This is going, I ain't never coming back here again. And I understand that. So in other words, God says he dwells in the atmosphere of praise. So no wonder the enemy wants you to be quiet and not listen. Pay no attention to this. The last thing he wants is God to show up here and in your life. Mark 10 says this. And they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples in a great number of people, remember this? Blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. He's blind, can't see a lick. And when he heard that it was Jesus, he began to cry out. Now you look it up. It means to scream. It means to shriek. That's what it means. He says, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on He's blind. And he's heard rumors and maybe stories of this blind man healer. And then he hears also, He might be coming, and it is the aroma that he's coming. So he lets out this cry for him. And I've preached on this many times. Those of us around him makes us uncomfortable, like maybe I am now with some of my shrieking, making you uncomfortable. And it says that many charged him that he should hold his peace. Shut up. What's he say? But he cried the more. You're telling him, be quiet. And it seems like, oh, your ducks are in line. This guy's blind. (laughs) 
people tried to shut him up, but they couldn't because he really wanted a touch from Jesus. Listen, he was desperate, and God has got his foot on the neck of this nation waiting for us to get desperate. All the little escapes aren't there. They're, they're slowly shutting down. They just are. It's just is. I'm not happy about it, but that's the way it is. I believe and always have felt that you and I are too passive in our worship and in our praying. We're not in it. We go through it. We know what to do. We know how to bow and shake our heads and agree amen and stuff like that. But we're not in it. We're not into it. Remember that time I preached long, long years ago and brought in air horn, cowbells, empty gallon of plastic milk full of rocks? Why would I do that? Because I went to a game at that time to see Adam playing football, and people in this church were freaking out. For Adam. And it comes to Almighty where it's the truth. He is so worthy. Spurgeon, one of the greatest preachers, says this, Take the gates of heaven, shake them with all your strength, as though you would pull them up post, bar, and all. When you're praying, God, we need you. So what happened? This man's shrieking for the Lord. It says, verse 49, and Jesus stood still, stopped. Tons of people, tons of noise. He heard this man's desperate cry. And he commanded him to be called, and they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. Man, how awesome would that be? Wouldn't it? The Lord is sitting here, and he calls me over and whispers in my ear, and I turn around and say, uh, Jim, the Lord wants you. Oh, my goodness. How about Paul and Silas? Paul and Silas, they knew the secret. They did. They knew the secret of how to lift their hearts above their troubles, not when their car's running nice or they got a new car, the house is paid for, kids are sending them birthday cards. No, it was the total opposite. And here's the story. It says, and then the multitude rose up together against Paul and Silas. What were they doing? Trying to share the word. Multitude rose up against them, and the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, <coughs> beating them, you might, and I probably would say, the last time I opened my mouth ever about this. Threw them in prison, charging the jailer. You better make sure these dudes don't ever escape. 24 says, who having received such a charge, thrust them even deeper in the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. Click, click, you ain't getting out of here. I've been in prisons 
ministering. <laughs> They're nice. Color TVs, computers, all the weightlifting equipment you can expect. I mean, we've seen them. The atmosphere here, not so. Not so at all. According to the standards of that day, a prison was more like the re resemblance of a dungeon. Cold, damp, dark, stench-ridden, no bathrooms, rat-infested, no comfort of any kind. None. And there they are, didn't do a thing wrong other than trying to improve people's lives with the gospel. Verse 25 says, at midnight, not 10 in the morning after you rest and sleep, at midnight being in the stocks, in that stench, nowhere to go to bathroom but probably on yourself, Paul looks at Silas, prayed and said, let's sing praises unto God. That's like insane, right? Let's sing. Listen, and it says, and the prisoners heard them. So they weren't going, amazing grace. We wouldn't even pray in a restaurant. It says the prisoners heard them. They must have been letting it rip. They must have been desperate. Verse 26 says, and then suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prisons were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. How many of you need an earthquake? Amen. To shake in your circumstances and all of a sudden you're free because you're praising and honoring God. Praise and worship has always opened closed doors, always and loosened off one's bands, all the times. Change will fall off if you dare to trust God and dare to worship. And I mean worship. Get lost in God, not looking at your chains. Is it, well, I didn't know if, I'll sing harder. It's all man-made gunk, and God knows it. The devotion to worship provides God a channel for his power to operate in our circumstances. He doesn't need worship. You do. We do. He doesn't. You do. It draws you closer to God. Haven't you ever done it before? You're so undone. You don't know what to do. Everything seems to be doomed. The enemy's all around you. You shut your door and you fire up that music. And you get lost crying out to God. Not long, you come out of that thing going, where are you? You come out looking for the enemy. Something spiritual, a change has happened inside of you. Or you don't. Or you just sit there. You can easily find out if it's true. Just do it. Every one of you, I'm sure, are in tough situations at times, will be going in one, in one, or coming out of one. That's just our lives. Just this. Now look at this one. The Psalms writes, Psalmist writes in 104, I'm 100 verse 4, enter into his gates with thanksgiving 
That's not what happens here. We wait for the band to pump us up. We wait for the song. Ooh, this one, I like this one. Get up, get up, get up. We wait for the band to do it. It's not their job. You're supposed to be entering in. You are. Listen, I didn't run around and text as many people as I could, and it was late. I know you got texts around 11.30, quarter, 12, 12, midnight. Want to be in the choir? It was because we need worship in this church. We need an explosion of worship. It wasn't just trying to get a big crowd. It really wasn't. Look, I'm not saying this to be mean. I'm just saying it to be truthful. I tell the choir a lot of times, lots of times, don't, what do I say, choir? Don't look at their faces because we see no response. We, we see no response as we're worshiping Almighty. We're not looking for, oh, what's a wonderful thing that again, Sam? We don't care about It's to bring the presence of God down and to see you stirred and getting lifted high up over your problems like wings as eagles. It's a spiritual thing. A lot of times, I did, last time we were singing, I'm going, don't look at their faces. I don't, I'm saying that as your pastor, as an instructor. If I was a doctor, I should have my white coat on and a stethoscope. I think I did borrow somebody's one time and preach that way because hoping you'd listen more because I'm a doctor. Take this pill, take that pill, the rest of your life. Okay. This one will cost $295 a pill. Okay. Yeah, and we're talking about eternal Seriously, a gathering in his name means that Jesus must be the focus, not the band, not a singer, not a preacher. The whole center of this assembly, he must be the one preached about, sung about, the one praised and worshipped. Got to be Almighty God. But you know what? Who does look at our faces? I'm telling the choir, don't look, don't look. Because it bums us out. It does. It, 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 it just does. It affects us. Man, again, when I went in those prisons, I was nervous. Never been in one. You go in that big metal door, goes, you're in. And they put some mark on you, and you can only hope it glows so you can get out. <laughs> Seriously. And... There's these guys, we're in a small room, there's probably maybe 50 guys, there's one guard, no weapon, no weapon because they'd easily overpower him, take the weapon and shoot him, so they don't give him a weapon. So there we are, inside, and I'm nervous, and I start preaching and they exploded up off their pews. They were preaching right back at me, saying the scriptures that I was saying. Man, within two minutes, we were just all pumped. They're just crazy for the Lord. The truth, you can ask those who went with me. Hebrew 2.12 simply says, I will declare thy name unto my brethren. Listen, in the midst of the church 
will I sing praises unto thee in the midst of the church. Lots of times guys would type back or text back and say, I can't sing. And I would text back, I don't care. It has nothing to do with singing. It's just praising and worshiping. And God will take those cracky, deep voices and do something awesome. You should have been here the first practice. We almost blew Shauna and Rod off the stage. We had 25 men, men, and a majority of them, maybe eight, knew the song. They put that up there, and them men hit it. It was so forceful. That's God doing that. God's presence responds when we truly worship Almighty God. He does. He responds. It tells us in this book that is not from this earth, man, you worship me in spirit and truth, I'm coming down. I'm coming to be with you. I want to sing and worship with you. Worship isn't for God. It's for you. It's for I. This is the purpose of worship. Lifting up Christ through praise and worship invokes the Lord's presence and power, and who knows what could happen. Unless all of you are just content and you don't need anything from God. Then I've missed the mark. But I, I know that's not true. Here's another account. We have time still. Second Chronicles 20. Now listen, these are in here for our examples, the Word of God says. God sent this book that's not from this earth to us people who don't belong on this earth. I'm a pilgrim, aren't you? The Bible says we're just passing through. I don't want to live here forever. Oh, my gosh, no. So it says, it happened after this that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and others with them besides the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat is another type of us, church people. So here they are. <clears throat> here we are in another battle, just like us in the natural. One battle after another. Verse 2 said, Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, Oh boy, great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea. Now, don't forget, last time I preached just a couple weeks ago, I told you 2024 is going to be a year of turbulence. Uh, you, you, you're going to have to hang on. You better put that seatbelt, which is Jesus Christ, on. And that's the only thing that's going to keep you, is the, the Lord and that word. Because there's going to be crazy turbulence that we've never seen before in our nation. <clears throat> so, here we are. The people of God are at another fixed. Outnumbered as usual, and once again, facing annihilation. They're all looking at each other. Can you see in the, in the night before or the, or the week leading up to this? Man, it's, how did we get? It's, it's over. I, I don't, what are we going to do? They got all the purse strings. They got all the power. They got all the weaponry. They got the entire government. They got all the media. They got all the schools, all the professors. All, what if, it's over. Okay. Verse 20. Early the next morning. This is New Living, so you can... Read it a little clearer. The army of Judah went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. On the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, 
Listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be able to stand firm. Believe the prophets, and you will succeed. So when they, they gathered them and they consulted together, they didn't say, okay, Tim, you have the bazooka. Adam, you get in this tank. Jennifer, you work the radar. They weren't passing out stuff like that, that kind of weaponry, although you have weapons. That's not what they said next. Now you've got to think of all these people totally surrounding them, wanting to kill them. They consulted the leaders of the people, and the king appointed singers, not green berets, not navy seals, not special forces, singers. You can tell this book is not of this world. That doesn't even make sense to us. Singers, look at them, hundreds of thousands of them. Singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. This is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. They had to be special people. They had to be all in with the Lord. To be walking ahead of that. All we got is pitchforks and rakes. They've got everything the world can offer, just like today. 22, at the moment they began to sing and give praise, the Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. The armies of Moab Ammon turned against their allies from Mount Seir and killed every one of them. And they had finished off the army of Seir. They turned on each other. So when the army of Judah arrived at the lookout point in the wilderness, figuring we're going to get slaughtered, going to be lunch meat, it's the last time I'm going to see my wife. Over the crest of the hill, all the armies are laying there dead as they were singing, give thanks and praise to the Lord. And then he finally get there over the top. It's what it says. So when the army of Judah arrived at the lookout point in the wilderness, there were dead bodies lying on the ground for as far as they could see. Not a single one of the enemy had escaped. I mean, I, I don't know how... The last two standing, they went, why you? And they both dropped. I can't figure that out. All I know is I believe God. Amen. King Jehoshaphat and his men went out to gather the plunder. They found vast amounts of equipment, clothing, and other valuables more than they could carry. When our president turned tail and run, he left $85 billion of equipment there. There was so much plunder that took them three days just to collect it all. They were thinking they were going to die, making their final arrangements, kissing their wives goodbye, all the weeping. On the fourth day, they gathered in the Valley of Blessing, 
which got its name that day because the people praised and thanked the Lord there. It is still called the Valley of Blessing today. From certain death valley to the Valley of Blessing, all they did was praise God with all their heart because they were desperate. I tell the Lord over and over and over, Lord, people, meaning me, we got to be crazy, just crazy. I don't, the Lord took 125 years, I think, if I can remember real quickly, in building the ark, and only eight went in. The rest of us looked at it, mocked, laughed, made jokes, maybe sprayed graffiti on the side. Rain, what's rain? He's lost it. And then it rained. Just like today, our nation just doesn't seem to be interested in the Lord, who is our ark to get in and hide into now. Just don't seem to be. I don't know why. I don't know why. There are many actions involved in praising God. There are. You can have verbal expression, adoration, thanksgiving, shouting, clapping, dancing, playing instruments, whatever. I'm not saying it's a certain way. I'm not that. I'm talking about it. It has to come from the heart. Other than that, you're just going through emotions. I mean, I hate using the football analogies, but the the Detroit Lions were losers for 30 years. They got all the way to this one game. They lost. And who watched? And they showed a picture of grown men weeping. Because they, men who don't know about them and don't care about them lost the game. A football game. Lost the game. They didn't lose their houses. Didn't lose their wives. Didn't lose their husbands. Didn't get a call from a doctor saying, you have death. You've got three weeks to live. A game. I mean, weeping, her face like a woman weeping. You lost the game. We're talking about heaven, eternity, our souls, damnation. We're talking about all this now. So, and the Lord even tells us in Matthew 15, This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. You can sing the songs. You can be up here singing. You can be up here preaching. Your heart far from God. You might not know it, but God does. God knows it. He does. So worshiping God in spirit and truth is a serious matter, which you must not take lightly. Hopefully this instruction and the next time you're coming to church, you should start priming and pumping yourself before you get here. There's all kind of ways. I mean, at times, I could just put music on my phone and just stick it in my shirt, and it's going. If we have regard for our own souls, we will take this message seriously. Because it is God's principle to draw us closer to him. He is saying to us, you need to worship me. It will draw you closer. It will make you stronger. It will enhance you better. You'll walk in my light. You'll be keener. You will be sharper to hear my voice. Your sword won't be dull. You'll get it. You'll go, okay, Lord, I know what to do for my son. I know now. Thank you. You ain't 
It'll happen. He says it'll happen. So since God is the object of our worship that we're talking about here tonight, he and he alone has the right to determine how he wants worshiped. And that's him, right? Our very best in worship is due him. Now here's my best. It's hard to describe it. Here's the best I got. Worship is a time when you or me pay deep, sincere, awesome respect and love and fear to the one who created us. Amen. Took you out of that miry clay, set your feet upon a rock to stay, cleansed you and washed you with a book not of this world, with the word of God, delivered you everything. How could you not say, hold it, hold I'm going to church. I'm going to praise my God. I'm going to give him good praise. Good, And God will visit. He will visit. Okay. To conclude with this. We need our band, please. Now listen to this because this is still important. Our worship not only honors and magnifies God, but it is also for our own edification and strength. Listen, this is important. Worship helps us develop a Christ-like character. It does. Look, we become like those we admire and worship. We do. When I was a young boy, I would mimic Roberto Clemente's batting stance. Because he was my hero. He had the weirdest, everything I was taught, we were taught not to do that. He's in the Hall of Fame, batted over 300, had this weird batting stance. Number 21, that's who I was. I was number 21. I, he was my hero. I worshiped him. And when I moved on from him, it was number eight. Pittsburgh, now I'm from. Willie Stargell, I know many of these don't even know these names. He would bat like this. He would windmill at bat. And I would bat left two at times. I'm bad. I'm Willie because I admired him. And then now you can buy clothing. You'll see them wearing clothes all over. Number 13, the guy they love. This number 15, whatever it is. Number 23, I want to be like Mike. Because they honored and worshiped and magnified. what a basketball player. You only do that for the Lord. You start to be, I want to be like Jesus. I want to be like my Lord. You magnify and you honor him. And you wear his name. That's exactly what this is. When we worship God, we develop such traits as forgiveness. You know, it's all right. It's all right. I'm okay. I know you didn't mean it. It's all right. Don't worry about it. You have a tenderness. Whatever it is, you do. I mean, I could care less about people when I was unsaved. Tenderness. Then there's a justice. That's just not right. I can't. Or a righteousness, purity, kindness, and love. It all comes inside of you. You've got to have that worship. So God can take all that self out and pour this in. As you magnify and want to become like him you're honoring. This is the purpose for worship. 
Hebrews 13, 15 says, By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifices of praise to God continually. And I know it's hard. Sometimes I can be so frustrated, and I will tell God, God, you've got to do something because I'm going to act not good. And I can put the music on, and a lot of times it just doesn't snap me out of it. I've got to enter. Somehow I've got to say, something happens. Something happens. You have to do this. You're the spiritual person that's being fed spiritual food from the spiritual source. Or you just naturally and say, you know what? Are you done? It's up to you. Let's stand. I believe when people of God start to worship Almighty God, the enemy runs. He can't handle it because he knows God's going to show up. He knows this one that has cast him out of pigs is coming. One that cast him and threw him out, he's going to be showing up. He doesn't want to be around when he comes. Like that one song says, you got to tell the devil, buddy, you better run because my heavenly Father's coming. Or you're in your circumstances, cold, freezing, no hope, wind won't stop, pelting, like ice and wind, feels like pins, needles. You put that coat on, it doesn't stop. You put it on, you say, Lord, I still love you. I don't care what I'm going through, I'm going to believe you. The tower's still strong. Is that what that word said? The song, the tower's still strong. The tower's still there for you to run into. But it's spiritual. You're taking this natural. We missed the mark. Here's a song. You can run up here and talk to God all you want.